0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mind the Gap, the only podcast about sales and marketing alignment put on by Enablix. Uh, I am your host, Nick Zeke-Lopez, and joining me on the podcast today is Rory Woodbridge. Uh, Rory, how's it going? Hey, Nick. Yeah, it's going well, thanks. How are you? Uh, I am well, trying to shake a uh, a cold here, uh, which is probably why I sound scratchy.
1: Um, Oh, God, not not the bad kind of cold.
0: <laughs> yeah uh, uh, the the kind you can record a podcast through I suppose. Um which which is really the bar for how bad your cold is uh in my in my mind. No, no, um Good day. uh so uh, you know Rory you are the the head of the the product marketer Substack uh you have other projects in the work but first can you take a second can you introduce yourself uh, to our listeners uh, who are you and what do you do?
1: Uh, Hi there, so I'm Rory, uh, based in London, uh, and I I currently um, head up product marketing at Pleo. I've been in product marketing roles for uh, the best part of a decade, um, having worked at big uh, global brands like Google and YouTube, and then uh, more emerging startup scale-ups like Whereby. And, and Plio. Uh, and then as Nick says, I also run the, the product marketer Substack, which tries to help people that are either starting out in product marketing or uh, are looking to kind of evolve uh, the way they, they work on their product marketing strategies. So being in product marketing for a decade, that makes you a veteran of product marketing at this point,
0: right? Were you, were you one of the first seven Aura. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it does say, yeah it's, it's it's quite worrying how long i've been in it but no, no gray hairs somehow so that's um that's uh, <laughs> something to yeah. be proud of i guess i've probably jinxed it now uh, well, <laughs> yes i mean it's it, it, it's kind of crazy because uh, i think um uh it's it's really emerged as a discipline now um but we definitely feel it especially in europe where you haven't actually got a lot of people that have like that amount of experience um in product marketing and can really kind of point to all all the elements that that make up like the product marketing discipline but i think it's definitely like found found its identity in recent years and i think we're we're all getting much better at articulating what it is
0: uh, and I mean, speaking of you know, being a, a savvy vet, no, you started the product marketer. So it's productmarketer.substack.com. That's yours. Mm. What led you to uh, to start that? And just so you know, and the listeners here, if you go to the podcast page, you'll find a link to this Substack uh, there. But, but can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Oh, thanks for the plug It's always nice when i don't have to uh, <laughs> um promote it, promote it myself um so yeah it was it was a funny one so um my my last place um where whereby which is a a great um uh, video conferencing um um an embeddable video uh, product um one of their um uh, like lead investors was a, was a company called Point Nine, uh, and Point Nine is just a great VC firm. Um, and Christoph's one of the most sort of valuable investors I think a European startup could could have involved in their team. And he he got in touch and said, Rory, would you do a talk on on how I think it was how to build a product marketing strategy. And i i sort of got to work on it eventually having like procrastinated on a while and you know you get on google uh to see <laughs> what's out there because it's like i don't really have a how-to sort of like off-the-shelf guide and as i was googling i realized there's not there's not a lot of practical content when it comes to product marketing. There's a lot of high level, a lot of like source, mm-hmm. um, soul searching online about what it is and how we should think about it. And maybe there's some like, so maybe there's a bit of like templates out there. Um, but I, I, I found there wasn't a lot of like practical usable written content.
0: Yeah. So it's a thing I've noticed uh, that when you look at the market at Enablix, we call it, there's a lot of top-down content and a lot of bottoms-up content. Top-down content being starting with this idea, right? Positioning. And then talking about why the idea is important, how you should think about the idea, but giving you really little to tangibly take from it. On the other hand, bottoms up content starts with what is this thing you're going to do, and what are the th- how, what are the the explicit steps you're going to take to get there. That's the thing at Enablex we're trying to create more of, of of saying, hey, you know, you want a you want your sales rep to find content uh, using their outreach tool or something like that. I, I find in product marketing so much of it is top down. To your point. I you know, position and because product marketing is so many things to so many people. I think you're doing a good job. And, and I'm wondering how you go about creating bottoms up product marketing content saying this, you know, you, you, you almost focus on the deliverable at the end, not positioning, but creating a persona or something like that. And, and you get step-by-step. What can you, can you tell me why you think that there's not a whole lot of bottoms up product marketing content out there? Is it hard or is it just because it's new? What do you think?
1: Well, I, I guess it's because it's um, w- one of the tricky things is that as soon as you get into the detail, you realize that um, every product marketer faces different challenges because a lot of your destiny is tied to the the product and company that you, you work on. And I guess... Uh, so anyone that's trying to do this professionally, be it, I don't know, like someone like a HubSpot does loads of mm. content about how to do product marketing. They're trying to do a capsule. They're trying to get people that are searching for this kind of content. They probably don't, they're afraid of getting into the, the weeds because it, it, something might not be relevant for um, for. Eighty percent of, of the audience. Whereas um, for for me, I I sort of I, I take a bit of a chance and and sort of use my examples from across. I, I guess I'm lucky. I've worked on um, like consumer brands and like B two B SaaS brands. So you can kind of I, I I often try and balance an example from something consumer with 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 an example from something SaaS to try and cater for the the bulk of um, product marketers. But I, th- I think I haven't got the pressure. Like my, my content doesn't need to be perfect. I just I think it needs to be useful for a big a big chunk of people um, that, that that get a kick out of reading about product marketing. Yeah,
0: and, and I want to switch to something that you wrote about recently that resonated with me. I want to talk about how you got there. Uh, the idea is messaging based differentiation as opposed to product based differentiation. Well, I'll start by mm-hmm. saying this was an interesting way to think about it. That that I don't think many marketers product managers and anybody's is, is, is thinking about first. Can you tell me the difference between the two and, and a little bit more about messaging based differentiation?
1: Yeah, of course. And so the idea for this post is like sometimes like a theme will like follow me around in chats and I'll find that I'll be either having dinner with people with colleagues or friends or, Talk, 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 like just sort of make, make, making conversation, and, and a theme keeps coming back, and, and this this was one that like kept coming up for me around the topic of differentiation and the the fact that as as product categories mature, it becomes um, harder and harder to differentiate. And so, um, what we what we mean by feature based differentiation is the idea that um, product A has a has a feature um, or, or capability that product B doesn't. Um, and but like as as I point out in the blog the problem these days is that it's quite easy to catch up and um, you've seen it like happen in a big way uh, I mean at one point was it, was it a year ago or two years ago? everyone was raving about clubhouse clubhouse was this incredible innovation um and it wasn't long before multiple players were scrambling to put together their own um versions of it and it it didn't take too long to build and now it's kind of like well what what is a clubhouse's reason for being uh I i think again like the 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 snapchat stories example which was adopted by instagram and i'd say instagram's now as as famous for stories if not more than um than the the company uh <laughs> took the took the inspiration from so there's i think it's it's dangerous being too reliant on um on feature-based di- differentiation and i think i think it's also um sort of on its own you shouldn't also look at a a, comp, a competitors features for your own roadmap just because your competition um has a feature doesn't mean you should build it you should really like look towards your own um customer base and and get a sense of, of uh, what it is they want and build for your customer than sometimes worrying too much about what the competition are, are doing and so so those are some of the, sort of the the risks associated with like thinking too much on like feature based this differentiation and then what you've got this this emerging theme of like message based print uh, differentiation. And I think this is, this has been long championed by um, Pep, who's the founder of uh, winter, um, winter.com, if you, if you know that, like uh, mm. it's something he's written um, a lot about. And it's this idea of um, companies that can Nail who their like their target um target personas and target audience is. Work out what their like positioning and like what their proposition is for those that makes them special. Just and then nailing it with creative messaging that like c- captures the heart and the mind and clearly explains kind of what what a company is about. Um, it is a, is a way to go. And I think um. But in the article I write is like I think there's there's many ways to differentiate um it, you can be it can be about standing for something it can be about having a brand that uh, yeah either is about something or it's just icon- iconic or striking you could differentiate via customer experience just by sheerly off- offering a better level of service um it doesn't have to be like uh, like like a feature, for example, mm-hmm. or you can differentiate the by being the best at something. Uh, you can be the fastest, the cheapest, the I don't know, the most premium in a certain um, capacity. So, so yeah, it's basically. I think that there's a whole bunch of things to explore when it comes to differentiation, other than just build it, building features X, Y, and Z. So, one thought from that is I, I think it goes along with
0: the fact that it is getting easier and easier to build features. Right, software is getting easier and easier to create. Um, look, five, 10 years ago, with whatever stacks people had and and whatever frameworks they were using, I think when you had a new feature that gave you a lot of space in many ways, especially if it was a feature that your competition wasn't thinking about. But I think these days it buys you less and less, but having a differentiated story, message, community, whatever that is, it's it's intangible. And as marketers, it drives us crazy sometimes. But I think that in many ways, it is a more sustainable way going forward. My last question to you on this is, do you have an idea of how do you know when your message is differentiated? I understand that there's no like, oh, this is how you know. Um, but let's say that that you're a product marketer and you want to differentiate yourself more. You're in marketing, you're in product marketing, you're in sales. What are steps you would take to, to go about saying, okay, this is this is how we create differentiation and see if it sticks?
1: Yeah, like, I guess I, guess I think about it, like how I view... Um... messaging in general, which is to kind of create a a constant loop of taking insights from your your customers um, of of what they're saying about you, be it on review sites, in user interviews, in customer feedback, like surveys, um, uh, feeding that into... Your actual messaging, testing the messaging, and um, and seeing what sticks, seeing what resonates, and, uh, and and keep on going, keep on keep on iterating. And um, there's there's great ways of testing your messaging. Be it um, to, to mention Winter again, I am a big a big fan of that, um, or something like UserTesting.com. You know, like um, or like like vid- video testing platforms. See what like is, is the message you're trying to convey actually connecting. Uh, and, but then, like, I mean it's really hard, like product marketing and success metrics is again, something I I think a lot about, about like, how do you, how do you measure the impact of, of, of product marketing? And sometimes it's just a a feeling. And I think like, um, a a company like Plio, uh, is, is in, I think a really good position in a lot of ways because, um, it's, it's a long-term play, but if you asked our customers, um, like what we're about, it's about the fact that we, we, we want to make it, employees feel valued and that we put the employee at the heart of our experience and that that comes through it's the building the product building a brand consistent messaging across a long period of time um it's um differentiation through through uh, messaging isn't something that you can fix in two weeks sadly
0: i i think that that brings up a good point that when you have feature-based or product-based differentiation the roadmap can get really hairy because the roadmap is essentially like what complements the thing we've built and some, but when you have either story or, or whatever that other differentiation is, it's almost saying, all right, where does this guide us? And the roadmap in a lot of ways falls into place. The prioritization is going to change, but it's, does this support our central theme, right? Does this value the employee or Is this just a nice thing to build? And if it, you know, if it's, if it doesn't value the employee, how much revenue would it have to get to, to make it matter? Um, in, hmm. in a way to think about it. Um, but. But speaking of, of building things, I wanted to pivot really quickly to the idea of product marketers versus product managers. This is something you also write about on your Substack, and it's something I lived. I come from the world of product management originally. Um, kind of did the end around through product and product marketing. Can you talk to me a little bit about how you see the difference between what a product manager and product marketer should be doing, and and when an organization should think about splitting out that
1: role? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I think my view is you, sh- you should avoid conflating the two. Uh, pr- product managers should ideally like not have to do the product marketing pieces, and and vice versa. But like the two, the two sh- like the two um, organizations or roles should should have an incredibly close um, partnership. They should be sort of one of the closest partnerships um, in a, in a business. So uh, I guess uh, if I was trying to differentiate the two, I'd say like product marketing is more about. Uh, Bringing in the insights, uh, like fr- from a from an array of places, I think it's more about actually like delivering the, the messaging, the positioning, delivering the actual uh, launches. While uh, the the product manager is more on the hook for coordinating efforts to deliver on their own product vision and actually be really kind of owning like the product roadmap, um, while being open to being influenced. By uh, by product marketing and, and other parts. Like the, the, one of the simplest ways I describe it is like a product marketer should be the um, marketing person in a room with product, and the product person in a room with marketing, or go to market.
0: That makes sense to me. My que- my question being, where does where is the where, where's the handoff? So I like so you know when you talk about bringing products to the market, so the, the product manager is owning the roadmap and and you know cl- like you said collaborating with the efforts. But like, there's a pretty bleeding edge there because you know, like, what does it mean to bring something to market? Does it mean that the software is usable, or does it mean that everybody knows about it? Um, where do you do you have an easy place to draw that line? Like, like perhaps you do. Um, I, I find so much fuzziness there.
1: I, I think, I, I guess, yeah, I, I, I do agree. It's it's fuzzy, and I think it requires quite a lot of good goodwill and it's like it's it's why having a healthy relationship um between the two roles is is so important because as soon as it becomes territorial yeah that that becomes an issue that that fuzziness um at most um like fast moving te- tech companies i'd like that, that have a healthy culture usually there's more more work than there are people to to, <laughs> to do it so it becomes a, a real kind of like uh, like te- teamwork and it, it matters less about um who 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 drives market intelligence or whatever it's kind of it's it's a team effort to to get something like that over over the line but i think uh uh i guess for for product marketing it's about i guess holding product to an account in some ways about are we like who are you building this for and is it for the right audience does it match up with the, the the overall business or go to market strategy and then and making sure that because it's, it's no good just building great products if they don't find their audience. So I think it's product marketing is also about like making sure that, that that a product that's built, that a company or a product team believes in, finds its um finds its user. Otherwise, you can't have product market fit. You've just got like you've got product, a product. fit. Yeah,
0: you you have, you have a product. <laughs> yeah. You've just got a
1: good product. <laughs> yeah. that you don't know who to sell it to. Unfortunately, many of us know the feeling
0: of uh, having a great product. <laughs> uh, many of us in product management have felt uh, many times before, like, "Well, I have this great product. What happened?" Um, it's going to turn I'm,
1: into therapy now. <laughs> and I, absolutely,
0: that's gin in that glass, right? Uh, no. no um, so, so I, I, I want to shift here. Uh, you recently published a post about your product marketing prediction for 2022. Um, I, I ask a lot of people to come on the podcast, what they see as the future for product marketing, um, because it's, it, it it could be a lot of things. Can you briefly share with me what you see the short term, long-term, how you, how you see it, what you think the future holds for product marketers and the discipline in general?
1: Yeah, totally. And I I wrote that post because you and I chatted, we had that initial, like getting to know each other and you said, oh, like, I might, I might ask you this. And I thought, you know, I'm terrible at having predictions. (laughs) Uh, because i I just i don't know i'm I'm not good and i don't want to call it but i did end up landing on quite a big um thought or like what i think is actually quite a um like yeah a big point to make um and i it's i think i think like product marketing is almost at a crossroads the last Mm -hmm. like couple of years like the discipline has done an amazing kind of reputation brand reputation or PR job on itself to a point now that every kind of tech company uh, on the land in the land is uh is trying to hire for product marketers I think we're all yeah. feeling it. anyone who's got product marketing in their job title right now is uh, the the inbounds in LinkedIn is is, is amazing uh mm-hmm. but I think I think that's we're almost at the risk of, uh, of product marketing becoming this the silver bullet, uh, where companies go, Oh, do you know what? Like, this is going to fix everything. We're going to, we're going to bring in a couple of product marketers. They're going to help us work out who our ideal customer is. They're going to like, we're going to nail our, 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 um, positioning and like our product proposition mm-hmm. and everything's just going to come together and we're going to, we're going to be flying. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, and, we're just going to do it. We're going to hire these people and they're going to do it for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and it, Mark, like marketing kind of goes in circles it's quite good at reinventing itself and we've seen it before like we had content is king a few years ago we've yeah. had growth hacking being another kind of like this is gonna it's and we we just need to be careful because i think i think product marketing just needs to sort of really focus on a few like so us all as product marketers need to focus on a few things to really make sure that this does remain a long-term discipline of substance that should be like an essential kind of uh essential part of any marketing or product department and it goes without question the the value but i think we just need to do some work on a defining like what it is and and making it very clear when you join a company or if you're building out a product marketing department that you're very clear with the rest of the, the company about what it is and setting expectations i think it's then about like really showing um like the value of what we do um like tying uh product marketing to key business metrics ideally revenue and then uh, finally, it's about um, I think having an impact. I think like so, product marketing is this dance between being um, strategically influential and like operationally effective, and mm-hmm. and you need to be both. It's it's no it's no good kind of doing one or the other. And some companies you end up sort of uh, pontificating and doing too much thinking and documentation. Other companies product marketing becomes this very executional role where you're just a, a mouthpiece for, for product, and that's also not very uh, effective. So. You want to find this balance, but you want to make sure you're having an impact on the things that matter most at a business. And if you, I think, if we can all do these those three things, then um, I think it will sustain uh, product marketing as a as, as a respected and um, essential department.
0: Yeah, and you see it over time too. I, I I like that you called back to like the the idea of growth hacking, or and I even think that like the role of product manager was once where product marketer is of oh we're just going to hire this person and they're going to fix the issue between how we develop product and how our user used they're just going <laughs> to fix it, and I, and I I think hmm. those things d- don't take off. I agree with your idea for specificity, and and I think it's okay to admit that your specificity could be different at every single company, right? Like if, if every, if every single, every single product marketer at every single company is doing a different thing, but they're all like, you know, adding value in specific ways, like you point out fine, then that's, that's what product marketing is. That's still very valuable.
1: Yeah, um, totally. I think because it is so tied to like what the product about and and the value that it, your users get from that particular product brand company, um, you do have to tailor your definition to each one. But I think it's important you do it quickly um, and that you like as as best as possible do align it with some of those like core principles around kind of being, being the voice of the customer, um, like br- bringing insights to the table regularly, like kn- knowing your place in the market, um, landscape. So like t- taking some of those like fundamentals and turning that into a unique definition for your role or company.
0: Now, before we break here, uh, for the day, we've already talked about your Substack, stack, the product marketer Um, anything else you'd mm-hmm. like to let the people know about where to follow you, uh, um, things to look at.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm also, um, uh, I'm also on Twitter, just, uh, I think it's just Rory Woodbridge, no no dots or, wow. or hyphens. And then, I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, if you want to sort of see what we're working on out in the open, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm building out product marketing team at Pleo. very much um, uh, hiring and growing the team mm-hmm. this year. So if you're any product marketers looking to, um to, to be part of something i'm um, special i'm trying to put together a really strong strong team and then i think yeah like um you can watch as we um tackle a lot of the challenges at Leo, um that come with a, like a fast growth um scale up um that probably would, would benefit um lo- lots of people listening so yeah keep an eye on our on, on the product marketing work that we're doing And be
0: comfortable if you are interested in that role. That it's going to be specific, as Rory said. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's gonna be the first thing I ask you is like, what you what you gonna be doing? (laughs) Yeah, uh, you tell me. (laughs) Uh, Uh, (laughs) All right, Uh, hey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It was wonderful talking to you, Um, ladies and gentlemen. Nick. it's been an absolute pleasure. uh, uh, (laughs) We'll have to have you on. uh, uh, Let's do next January. We'll talk about our twenty twenty three predictions. Uh, uh, we'll make it a yearly thing. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Warrior Woodbridge. This has been Mind the Gap, a podcast about sales and marketing alignment put on by Enablex. My name is Nick Zeke Lopez. Thanks for listening.